Chapter Nineteen of Vicky Van by Carolyn Wells. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Nineteen. Proofs and more proofs. You are absolutely crazy, I said, laughing, though the laugh choked in my throat as I looked at Stone. You see, Fibsy, you've gone dotty over this thing, and you're running round in circles. I know both Mrs. Schuyler and Miss Van Allen, and they've nothing in common there couldn't be two people more dissimilar that's just it that's how i know wailed the boy that's how i first got on you see oh tell him mr stone the boy is right said stone slowly and the he can't be it's impossible i fairly shouted as thoughts came flashing into my mind dreadful thoughts appalling thoughts ruth schuyler and vicky van one person why then ruth killed no a thousand times no it couldn't be true the boy was insane and stone was too i'd show them their own foolishness stop a minute stone i said trying to speak calmly you and the boy never knew vicky van you never saw her except as she ran along the street for a few steps at midnight and terence didn't see her then it's too absurd this theory of yours but it startled me when you sprung it now fibsy stop your sobbing and tell me what makes you think this foolish thing and i'll relieve your mind of any such ideas i don't blame you mr calhoun and fibsy mopped his eyes with his wet handkerchief he was a strange little figure in his new clothes but with his red hair tumbled and his eyes big and swollen with weeping i know you can't believe it but you listen a bit while i tell mr stone some things then you'll see yes terence said stone go ahead what about the prince they prove up and fibsy's woe increased afresh they ain't no shadder of doubt the very reason i know they're the same is cause they're so unlike yes i'll explain wait a minute again a crying spell overwhelmed him and we waited now he said regaining self-control now i've spilled all my tears all out with it the first thing that struck me was the absolute unlikeness of those two ladies i mean in their taste and ways why for instance and i guess it was just about the very first thing i noticed was the magazines in here on miss van allen's table as you can see yourself is just look at em vogue vanity fair life cosmopolitan and lots of light-weight story magazines in at schuyler's house is atlantic monthly harper's century the forum the north american review and a lot of other highbrow reading and it ain't only that the magazines in here are gayer and lighter and in there heavier and wiser but there isn't a single duplicate now miss vicky van likes good readin you can see from her books and all so why don't she take harper's and century cause she has em in her other home but wait child i cried getting bewildered you don't mean vicky van lives sometimes in this house and sometimes in the schuyler house as its mistress that's just what i do mean i know it sounds like i was batty but let me tell more well it seemed queer that there shouldn't be any one magazine took in both houses but of course that wasn't no real proof i only noticed it and it set me a-thinkin then i sized up their situations 
mrs schuyler's dignified and quiet in her ways simple in her dress wears only poils no other sparklers whatever vicky van's gay of action likes giddy rags and adores gorgeous jewelry even if it ain't the most realist kind now wait don't interrupt me let me talk it out cause it's killin me and i gotta get it over with well all mrs schuyler's things furniture i mean is big and heavy and massive and terribly expensive yes i know her husband made her have it that way but never mind that vicky van's furniture is all gay and light and pretty and dainty colorin and so forth and the day the old sisters-in-law was in there they said how ruth would admire to have things like these remember how she begged randolph to do up her boudoir in wicker and pink silk that's what they said oh well i got a bug then that the two ladies i'm talkin about was just the very oppositest i ever did see then another thing was the records the phonygraft in here is full of light opry and poplar music like that not a smell of fugues and classic stuff and in at schuyler's as we seen to-night there's no gay songs no comic operas no ragtime but terence i broke in that all proves nothing the schuyler's don't care for ragtime and vicky van does you mustn't distort those plain facts to fit your absurd theory yes he said his eyes burning as they glared into mine and mr schuyler he wouldn't never let his wife go to the light operas or vaudeville and she hadn't any record so how how i ask you comes it that she's so familiar with the song about my pearly girlie that she joined in the singin of it with me at the dinner-table to-night that's what's clinched it mrs schuyler she knew that song's well as i did and she picked it up where i left off and hummed it straight to the end words and music how'd she know it i say why she might have picked that up anywhere she goes to see friends i've no doubt who are not so straight-laced as the schuylers and they play light tunes for her not likely i've run down her friends and they're all old fogies like the sister dames or like old man schuyler himself the old ladies are nearly sixty and mr schuyler was fifty-odd and all their friends are along about those ages and mrs schuyler she ain't got any friends of her own age at all but as vicky van she has friends of her own age yes and her own tastes and her own ways of life and livin and she's got the record of my pearly girlie it's true calhoun said flemingstone i know it's all incredible but it's true i couldn't believe it myself when Fipsy hinted it to me for it's his find to him belongs all the credit credit i groaned credit for fastening this lie this base lie oh you are well named Fipsy on the best and loveliest woman that ever lived for it is a lie not a word of truth in it a distorted notion of a crazy brain uh hold on calhoun remonstrated stone and i dare say i was acting like a madman listen to the rest of this more quietly or take your hat and go home stone spoke firmly but not angrily and i sat still then here's some more things Fibsy continued i've gone over this house with an eye that sees more in mr stone's lens and it don't magnify neither i spotted a lot of stuff in the pantry and storeroom it's all stuff that keeps you know little jugs and pots of fine eatin 
imported table delicacies that's what they call em well and among em was liquors and things like that and boxes of candied rose leaves and salted nuts oh all of them things and that's why i wanted to go to dinner at mrs schuyler's and see if she liked to eat those things and she did she had the rose leaves and she had the kind of liqueur that's down in the pantry cupboard in this house and she said it was her favorite and the old girl said she never used to have those things when her husband was running the house and oh dear can't you see it all yes i see it said stone but i still shook my head doggedly and angrily i don't see it i declared there's nothing to all this but a pipe dream why shouldn't two women like eau de vie de danzig as a liqueur it's very fashionable a sort of fad just now it ain't only this thing or that thing mr calhoun said fibsy earnestly it's the pilin up of all of em and i ain't through yet here's another point miss van allen she ain't got any pictures of nature views no landscapes nor woodsy dells in this whole house she just like pictures of people pretty girls and old cavalier gentlemen and nymphs and kitty babies but all human you know now mrs schuyler she don't care anything special for nature neither i piped up about the beauty scenery out westchester way and over the park and it left her cold and unintrusted but she has portfolios of world masterpieces or whatever you call em over to that house and they're all figure pieces and her writing-desk prompted stone yes sir that checked up too you know mr calhoun they ain't nothing more intimately personal than a writin desk well miss van allen's has a certain make of pen and a certain number and kind of pencils and mrs schuyler she uses the same identical styles and numbers and note-paper i suppose i flung back sarcastically no sir but that helps prove the note-paper in the two houses is teetum teetotally different that was planned to be different mrs schuyler's is a pale grey plain paper miss van allen's is light pink to match her boudoir i suppose and it has that sort of indented frame round it that's extry fashionable and a wiggly gold monogram oh quite a big one i well remembered vicky's stationery and the boy described it exactly proves nothing i said contemptuously but i listened further all right fibsy said wearily pushing back his shock of red hair well then how's this on mrs schuyler's desk the pen wiper is a fancy little contraption but it's clean i mean it's never had a pen wiped on it miss van allen's desk hasn't got any pen wiper on each desk is a pencil sharpener of the same sort on each desk is a little pincushion with the same size of tiny pins like she was in the habit of pinning bills together or something like that on each desk the blotter is in the same place and it is used the same way there's a lot of personality about the way folks use a blotter some uses both sides some only one side some has their blotters all torn and sort of nibbled round the edges and some has em neat and trim well the blotters on these two desks is just alike but fibsy i cried in triumph i've seen the handwriting of these two ladies over and over again and they're not a bit alike i know it and fibsy nodded 
but mr calhoun did you know that miss van allen always writes with her left hand no and i don't believe she does yes sir i went to the bank and they said so and i asked the sewin woman and she said so and i asked the caterer people and they said so and the inkstand is on the left-hand side of miss van allen's desk all right then she is left-handed but that proves nothing no sir miss van allen ain't left-handed you know she ain't yourself you'd a noticed it if she had been but she writes left-handed cause if she didn't she'd write like mrs schuyler oh rubbish i began but fleming stone interrupted wait calhoun don't fly to pieces all terence is saying is quite true i vouch for it listen further they ain't no use goin further said fibsy despondently mr calhoun knows i'm right only he can't bring himself to believe it and i don't blame him why even now he's sizin up the case and everything he thinks of proves it and nothin disproves it but anyway the prints prove it all prints i said half dazedly yes sir i photographed a lot of finger-prints in both houses and the headquarters people fixed em up for me magnified em you know and printed em on little cards and as you can see they're all the same i glanced at the sheaf of cards the boy had and fleming stone took them to scrutinize i got those prints from all sorts of places fibsy went on off of the glass bottles and things in the bathrooms and off the hair-brushes and such things and off the envelopes of letters and off the chair-backs and any polished wood surfaces and i got lots of em in both houses and the police people picked out the best and cleanest and fixed em up and there you are they seemed to think this settled the matter but i would not be convinced of course i'd been told dozens of times that no two people in the world have fingerprints alike but that didn't mean a thing to me it might be i told them that vicky van and ruth schuyler were friends that ruth had withheld this fact and that no said stone not friends but identical the same woman and listen to this mrs schuyler heard us say this evening that fibsy could photograph the brushes and such things over here to get miss van allen's fingerprints and what does she do she sends tibbets over to scrub and wipe off those same brushes also the mirrors chair-backs and all such possible evidence a hopeless task for the woman couldn't eradicate all the prints in the house and also it was too late for fibsy had already done his camera work how do you know she did all that and i glowered at the detective because fibsy just told me he found evidences of this cleaning up and too because mrs schuyler purposely kept us over there longer than we intended to stay you know how when we proposed to say good-night she urged us to stay longer that was to give her maid more time for the work now mr calhoun go on with your objections to our conclusions it helps our theory to answer your reputations her letters i mumbled scarce able to formulate my teeming thoughts vicky van sent a letter to ruth schuyler of course she did wrote it herself with her left hand and mailed it to her other personality in order to make the police give up the search and too the letter from miss van allen found in randolph schuyler's desk after his death was written and placed there by mrs schuyler for us to find impossible i cried i won't allow these libels you'll be saying next that ruth schuyler killed her husband she did 
asserted fleming stone gravely she did kill him in her character as vicky van don't you see it all schuyler came here as summers never dreaming that vicky van was his own wife in disguise or he may have suspected it and may have come to verify his suspicion anyway when she saw and recognized him whether he knew her or not she lured him into the dining-room and stabbed him with a caterer's knife never i said i was not ranting now i was stunned by the revelations that were coming so thick and fast i couldn't believe and yet i couldn't doubt of one thing i was certain i would defend ruth schuyler to the end of time i would defend her against vicky van why if ruth was vicky van where was this moil to end i couldn't think coherently but i suddenly realized what they told me was true i realized that all along there were things about ruth that had reminded me of vicky i had never put this into words never had really sensed it but i saw now looking back that they had much in common appearance ah i hadn't yet thought of that why i exclaimed the two are not in the least alike physically miss van allen wore a black wig said stone a most cleverly constructed one and she rouged her cheeks pencilled her eyelashes and reddened her lips to produce the high colouring that marked her from mrs schuyler i thought this over dully yes they were the same height and weight they had the same slight figure but it had never occurred to me to compare their physical effects i was a bit near-sighted and i had never taken enough real personal interest in vicky to learn to love her features as i had ruth's you see fleming stone was saying though i scarce listened you are the only person that i have been able to find who knows both miss van allen and mrs schuyler no one else has testified who knows them both so much depends on you you'll get nothing from me i fairly shouted they're not the same woman at all you're all wrong you and your lying boy there your vehemence stultifies your own words said stone quietly it proves your own realization of the truth and your anger and fury at the realization i don't blame you i know your regard for mrs schuyler i know you have always been a friend of miss van allen it is not strange that one woman attracts you since the other did but you've got to face this thing so be a man and look at it squarely i'll help you all i can but i assure you there's nothing to be gained by denial of the self-evident truth but man i said trying to be calm the whole thing is impossible how could mrs randolph schuyler a well-known society lady live a double life and enact miss van allen a gay butterfly girl how could she get from one house to the other unobserved why wouldn't her servants know of it even if her family didn't how could she hoodwink her husband her sisters-in-law and her friends why didn't people see her leaving one house and entering the other why wasn't she missed from one house when she was in the other all answerable questions said stone you know miss van allen went away frequently on long trips and was in and out of her home all the time here to-day and gone to-morrow as every one testifies who knew her this was true enough vicky was never at home more than a few days at a time and then absent for a week or so where in the fifth avenue house as ruth schuyler incredible preposterous but as i began to believe at last true how i repeated how could she manage walls have tongues said stone these walls and this house tell me all the story 
that is they tell me this wonderful woman did accomplish the seemingly impossible thing they tell me how she accomplished it but they do not tell me why there's no question about the why i returned if ruth schuyler did live two lives it's easily understood why because that brute of a man allowed her no gaiety no pleasure no fun of any sort compatible with her youth and taste he let her do nothing have nothing save in the old humdrum ways that appealed to his notion of propriety but he himself was no puritan he ran his own gate and unknown to his wife and sisters he was a roux and a rounder whatever ruth schuyler may have done she was amply justified even in killing him she didn't kill him look here mr stone even if all you've said is true you haven't convicted her of murder yet and you shan't i'll protect that woman from the breath of scandal or slander and that's what it is when you accuse her of killing that man she never did it that remains to be seen and fleming stone's deep grey eyes showed a sad apprehension but nothing can be done to-night can there terence no mr stone not to-night no by no means not to-night it wouldn't do the boy's earnestness seemed to me out of all proportion to his simple statement but i could stand no more and i went home to spend the night in a dazed wonder a furious disbelief and finally an enforced conviction that vicky van and ruth schuyler were one and the same End of chapter nineteen